host of New Adventures. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And we're going to be talking about episode 12 of the CW Superman Lois through the value of death. But first, we got a little bit of news. Sophia Hasmick, who you may know as playing Chrissy Beppo on the show, has been promoted to a series regular for season two, according to Deadline. She was just recurring in season one so far. I don't know how many appearances exactly she's had, but not every episode. Uh, it sounds like she'll have a little bit bigger role in season two. Yeah, this is this is cool. I, I've really enjoyed her character. She hasn't had a ton to do, but what she has done has been pretty memorable, and she's brought some levity humor to the show, and it's uh, it's pretty cool to see her working with Lois at the paper investigating things. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty um, excited about this news. Yeah, like the character, like the actor, uh, we'll say if they're going to add more series regulars, I would like to see someone from the comics but other than that i think she's been fun and i think that could mean the sign they're going to focus more on the gazette with lois and or clark working there hopefully uh in season two maybe that'll play a bigger role and more chrissy and then superman and lois have earned a nomination for best broadcast network series in drama uh it's a category for the new first ever inaugural hca hollywood critics association tv awards so they're competing with Big Sky, Law and Order, Organized Crime, New Amsterdam, The Good Doctor, and This Is Us. So no trouble there. They'll win. Uh, and that that ceremony is going to be August 22nd. Yeah, I've, I think I've seen a combined zero episodes of yeah. all those other shows. <laughs> we might be biased. Besides Superman and Lois. So I don't, I don't know how they stack up. I didn't do any scouting or anything like that. But it's really cool uh, for this first year show to be nominated in uh, an impressive category. Like I said, I don't know a ton about those shows but it it shows that we know fan response has been pretty good and it sounds like critical response has been pretty good as well and getting any kind of nominations even though this is the first year of this awards show is pretty cool yeah and these are all all the other shows are on pretty big networks i think uh, relative to cw i will tell you, i will take your word for that big sky yeah. is abc i've definitely never heard of that <laughs> um but yeah i guess i, I shouldn't watch more tv Either way, pretty cool to see that, and congrats to everyone involved. Yeah. Well, let's get into the actual episode now, Through the Valley of Death. So Lois and John Henry Irons can't seem to agree on the best way to stop Morgan Edge, and meanwhile, Jonathan encourages Jordan to focus on strengthening his powers to help locate their dad. And lastly, an old friend is brought in to help with the search. Yes, and this was directed by Alexandra LaRoche and written by Katie Aldrin and Michael Narducci. This is another uh, pretty jam-packed episode. And again, I think I, not the last episode, but the episode before that, I talked about how a lot of things that I thought were going to take multiple episodes to wrap up got wrapped up in one episode. This is another one of those that sort of felt like this. This almost felt like uh, it could have been the season finale, and I I probably would have been pretty happy with it. It it wraps everything up pretty neatly, but then leaves enough hanging at the end that there's there's more story to tell, so... Uh, it's pretty cool that we still got three more episodes to tell that story that's still hanging around. Yeah, like you said, this, there's definitely more to go. It's three more episodes, so it could wrap up. Maybe you'd expect a little more action, I guess, in a season finale, but other than that, it almost seems like it's wrapping things up and moving things forward. I'd say it's a little bit of a slower episode, just in terms of, of plot-wise, but it was more character-focused yeah. and, and seeing where everyone's at at this time. But it did wrap some things up that have been... Uh, dealing with for a while it does maybe slightly suffer from the the problem where you kind of have to suspend it's not suspending disbelief almost it's it's suspending like your understanding of the stakes they they raise issues that you know couldn't possibly 
actually go one way or the other, you know the way it's going to end up. But like you said, they focused enough on the characters and their interactions that it was still interesting storytelling, even though you know right at the beginning of the episode that what they're setting up to possibly happen is not going to possibly happen. That's a good point. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't think knowing where the story is going is inherently a bad thing. It's about the execution. It's not, for me anyway, it's about the execution, not on the what. Um, I'd rather well executed and know where things are going than uh, just surprises just for the randomness of it. So I get what you're saying there. Um, Maybe there was a little bit of inevitability. It was just a matter of when. So I I do see what you're saying. Uh, But I think there's still more to come in these three episodes. Yeah. Let's get into the, the real plot stuff now. All right. So uh, John Henry Irons is at the Metropolis Institute of Technology, the real MIT. Yes. And he's he's looking for this world's version of his younger sister. And he I think he sees her from behind, but that's all we get. And so we're going to we're going to see her later on at some point, but not in this episode. Presumably. I don't know if that's just a seed for a future season. Yeah. Uh, because they didn't presumably didn't cast the actress. We didn't see her face. So. Or if that's just showing what he's doing. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to come back to that later down the line. It would be pretty strange for them to set this up and then not come back to it. Seems like a weird conversation. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> for, for John. <laughs> uh, but he gets a call from Lois, which is what we saw at the end of the last episode, where she's telling him that Superman has been turned. Yeah, from his point of view. We see it this time. Yep. So meanwhile, Morgan Edge is trying to get Superman to submit and allow Zod to take over. So that's the the big reveal that the Kryptonian consciousness that the Eradicator uh, put into Kal-El on this Earth is Zod. So it makes me wonder, was Zod the consciousness on the other planet as well? Uh, but this also, it just raises a lot of questions of, because Zod is a pretty big character to to use this way. And then, well, just if you're if you're this far, you've watched the episode, so you know at the end that Clark seemingly has destroyed Zod or taken Zod is no longer there. So I, it makes me wonder if we're going to see Zod again at all. It seems like a bit of a waste of the character if that's all we get, but I, I'd be pretty surprised if that's all we get. He has exercised Zod. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Um, I'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, it does make me wonder what is Tal's plan here because yeah. it doesn't seem like you're bringing in Zod he's not generally the Zod we know is in a number two kind of guy I think he's gonna (laughs) take charge so is Edge just cool with being the number two to Zod or uh what's that is I mean is he really just trying to serve whatever his dad's Kryptonian interests are and that might be Zod leading uh I think it's that raises a lot of questions on what Tal's plan is yeah but if there is any Kryptonian who could possibly maybe have the willpower and strength to take over Cal Zod is a, is a pretty strong candidate for that. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, it would, it, I mean, we see a lot of Zod, so it would have been disappointing though, if it was somebody else, unless it was maybe like Jax or, yeah. or Feora or something. But other than that, I mean, Zod's your, your biggest name there. So Lois tries to reassure the boys that their dad is going to make it through this. They are pretty dejected and, and sad, obviously. And while she's doing that, Sam Lane shows up and, Tells her that the DOD has lost track of Superman and Edge, and Lois breaks down crying. She's been keeping up a strong face for the boys, but this is where she, she kind of loses it. And I like that they keep the fortress secret from Sam. Yeah, even at this point, still, they're, they're <laughs> keeping it secret. Seems, seems smart. Yeah. From what we know of Sam. <laughs> and then uh, we get some time with the Cushing family, which is pretty much unrelated to the rest of uh, this episode, so we can kind of just group all that together. Um, but 
Kyle is trying to go back to work at the, the fire station, but some of the firefighters are uneasy about that, also mad at him. And a whole lot of this episode is people being mad at <laughs> Kyle. They, they vandalize his house, um, but Kyle does do a good job of dealing with it. And they even like get into a fun soap fight, cleaning up the graffiti on their house, which is a way to turn a, a negative into a positive, I guess. That was a sweet moment. Yeah. Uh, I actually really liked this stuff mm-hmm. in the episode. Uh, I think the rest of the town was pretty much behind the edge scheme so it's tough to blame it all on kyle but it seems like a a really weird situation and it looked like kyle might regress but he did not so i was surprised to see that um but that was like the water fight and stuff was fun and i thought that was really cute a show this show's been really heavy lately so it was a nice little fun escape even though it was maybe a little weird going back and forth but i didn't have a problem with it yeah we we get to see emily Fawn and her family uh, kind of blow up at Lana and and Kyle, and a lot of people are mad at them. And it's you know it's it's not all the time that we actually get to see kind of the fallout from some of these fantastical events that happen in comic books or superhero movies and shows, uh, any sort of superhero media. So it is it's kind of nice to see how these humans are reacting to these kind of intense and unbelievable things that have happened to them, and they're obviously going to look for scapegoat. Like you said, it's kind of weird that they're not going after Edge and they're just kind of blame Kyle, but there's he did push pretty hard for, for Edge to come in and for everybody to go work for him. That's a good point. As the Kent stuff gets more and more fantastical, superhero-y, I was really glad that they kept the human, you know, more real-world type stuff and grounded and, and kept that Lang family separate and see the real-world reaction to that kind of stuff. And then it was it was pretty awesome to see the huge character reveal, Sophie. She's back. She's back. Uh, I don't I don't know where she's been, and I I didn't really dawn on me until they were having their water fight. Of like, wait, they have another daughter. Where is she? Where has she been this whole time? But I guess she just has been gone and has missed all this fun stuff. She's been busy cyberbullying. Uh, <laughs> she needs she needs to be stopped. But no, I thought they were just gonna pretend that she didn't exist. Like, yeah, they haven't done anything with the character, unfortunately. Um, maybe they still will, but she's just kind of like there when the pot needs her to be. I'm glad she showed up at the end, but they haven't done much with her. Yeah. Yeah. That's everything that the Cushings were dealing with in that episode. So Jonathan tries to get Jordan to believe in himself, uh, enough to hear their dad from far away because he, he did do that at one point, but you know, Jordan is not, says that was only when it was a couple miles away and he has no idea where his dad is. Uh, but that it's a nice, again, a really nice brother moment between the two of them and they come back to that a few times of jonathan really encouraging jordan and helping him out the show throws super hearing as really powerful yeah um and it's an interest, interesting thing thinking going forward how they're going to to deal with all that but um yeah i i guess jordan's getting is he getting more powerful or has he always been able to do this i don't know it's clear has mm-hmm. he always been able to do this or can he just believe in himself enough with a with a motivational talk i don't know yeah, according to Jonathan, it's just like punching the, the log and that power was already there. He just had to believe in himself. But either way, he, if he is honing his abilities more, that is, that's leading him to be a more powerful person. And that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it, but you're, you're right. The super hearing is definitely the most referenced and most used superpower we have seen on this show so far, it's which been, is not all that common for Superman. Yeah, and it's incredibly powerful to where yeah. you're just kind of figuring it out and you can pick out either Australia or New Zealand. Yeah, <laughs> pretty easily. Uh, so John, in your irons, he shows up at the Kent farm and gets caught up. They, they tell him everything that's happened. 
And Lois says Clark that signaled her to bring Irons in for help. So he he told her to call him. And I guess that was the end of the last episode where they were kind of, I wish we had more time. Yeah. I guess that's what they were signaling. Um, Clark's, Clark's going to go with Tal and we need to get back up. I guess that was a signal there. Yeah. It wasn't super clear at the end of the last episode that that's what he was asking for. But Lois knows Clark better than anybody. So if that's what he was asking for, that's what he was asking for. So she did call him and Iron showed up and Iron says that they need to kill Superman instead of rescuing him. And this is the big central kind of argument, crux of the story uh, going out throughout this episode is the should they risk trying to turn Superman back or should they just go in guns blazing and kill him because he's too much of a risk. And obviously Irons with his history from his planet thinks that there's no option. You just have to kill him. Surprise. I'm a little surprised Lois was surprised that was his plan. Yeah. Uh, he was just talking a few episodes back. He sounded pretty bloodthirsty for Kryptonians. He uses he likes the spear to stab them to death. That's his favorite way to kill them. So uh, it's a little surprising that she was surprised. Uh, but Sam is Sam is also there, and he has he's not going to say this in front of Lois, but he has been rounding up all the weapons from the seven seven three four. And the Irons explains that he has something more effective than Kryptonite. That he's got the the red solar rockets that can drain a Kryptonian's powers. And this is where we finally get a little bit of explanation, but not a whole lot, of what how Irons ended up on this Earth instead of his. So we, we get a flashback to him using those rockets, uh, but before he could see if it worked or not, he went into some sort of wave, wormhole thing that landed him on this Earth. And that's about all we've got so far. I don't know if we'll get more explanation of what exactly happened there to transport him. It kind of looks like the antimatter wave. Yeah. But he also gets transported. So... It's not still not clear what's going on there. His Earth may be fine. Maybe it was set back mm-hmm. normally after crisis or or something like that. So we don't know what, what what that's all about yet. Still, yeah. And if his Earth is still there, maybe Evil Cal is still there because I think Irons was out all by himself in his spaceship trying to to kill the the Evil Cal. So I don't know what happened to him after he shot the red rocket. Or maybe Crisis rewrote that. Or yeah. who knows? I, I I don't know. We still know nothing. Maybe that is really cool utopia. And uh, everything's fine there. Natalie's there just chilling, waiting for John to come back. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, but Lois, she talks to, to Kyle about what it's like to be taken over by a Kryptonian consciousness and kind of gets some insights about it is possible to fight back. And they've they've talked about that before. Um, but it's there is a way to fight back, especially if you have a strong will, which Clark obviously does. And Superman tries to fly away from the desert fortress, um, but he gets out just far enough to call for Jordan, and Jordan hears him after he's been trying for a long time and tells him he's in the Badlands. So he's given him an approximate location, and um, he's able to come get him. Yeah, and uh, so is this all the next day from the last episode? It it seems like it is, yeah. Okay, so Superman's still not full power. He can't just escape right. from Tao and punch him and run away or anything like that. He just has to yeah. stand there and take it. I get that makes sense. We'll say with the the rest of the stuff in this episode, with it only taking place one day later, I feel like the emotional stuff may have helped hit a little bit harder. Uh, what the Kents are going through, what Lois is dealing with, um, and the eventual return might have hit a little bit better if it had been a greater passage of time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm glad they didn't drag it out where multiple episodes of not sure where Superman's loyalties lie. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's a tough balance, like you said. It doesn't the payoff at the end of this episode isn't quite as impactful as it could have been, just because 
there's not that much time spent on it, but at the same, it's a double-edged sword. You spend more time on it, like you said, then I, I don't want to see Superman struggling for hours right. and hours. Because <laughs> Tyler, after a tough episode for him, a lot to film last week, he just gets to kneel and grunt. Yeah. And <laughs> I assume that's what he did during his Teen Wolf days. It's just a lot of that. <laughs> I haven't seen any Teen Wolf, but I've seen him in gifts of Teen Wolf and just grunting and having angry eyes, I think is all oh, yeah. he did. He, he has lots of experience. Uh, so this is when John Diggle shows up. Uh, I forgot that he was going to be in this episode <laughs> until, until he showed up. Um, it was nice seeing a familiar face. But he's he's there delivering tech for the DoD that they're going to use for red solar rockets. So Argus is de- developing that tech. But he didn't know that that's what it was going to be used for. And he's mad and he gets to have some mad talks with people. So what do you think of... I mean, he doesn't get a ton to do of Diggle. I mean, it was it was cool to see him, but... It wasn't necessary. It didn't really add a whole lot. It was just, I guess it was one more supporting voice in Lois's corner um, saying you can't kill Superman and there's there's a way to get around it. So it was nice to see her have some sort of support from outside of her family and from another adult. Yeah, him him being there or not didn't really change the episode one way or another, I don't think. And it's more of the CW had this contract with Ramsey probably and wanted him to to show up in every show. So it doesn't mean doesn't wasn't really essential or important, but we get a little bit of history that he has worked with Superman before. He's supportive of him. That was cool. And I thought honestly it worked pretty well. You know, Dickel was was the voice of reason from the beginning in Arrow. Uh really the only voice of reason for a while there. And he is here as well. And so it was cool to see him in that role. And I, I don't think it it was about as seamless as it could be. Yeah. For the story. Um it makes sense that if Sam Lane wants a device that he would get it from Argus and Diggle would deliver it. And they have a little bit of history there. And I actually thought it was pretty seamless. It didn't, it was almost a, a more natural crossover, <laughs> even though it, it didn't, yeah. wasn't really important. It's just like, Oh yeah, you're here. Cause you're delivering this thing. That makes sense. Yeah. It's a really good point. It, it did not feel forced in any way. It didn't feel like, why did they just shoehorn this in here? It, it did feel very natural. Yeah. And, and it's cool to see Diggle. Uh, and the boys, they, they run off and they tell Sam and Lois what they heard uh, from Superman and Edge. And Sam says that he has to send Irons to kill Superman. So Sam Lane and John Henry Irons are on the side. Their team kills Superman and Lois and Diggle are <laughs> team don't kill Superman. <laughs> the lines have been drawn. Yeah. Yep. It is a little surprising how quickly Irons and Sam are working together. Considering, I don't know, Sam Lane was just torturing him not too long ago. So, yeah. Uh, but I guess they're... They're, they're really focused on the mission here. And, and that is true to the characters that we've seen from these two so far. That was that was one little tiny moment I noticed earlier, too, is when, you know, like the, the army and the DOD is swarming all over the Kent farm and the boys are going off by themselves to try to go listen. And it's just a transition of them walking. And then John Henry Irons' RV is coming down the driveway at the same time. And they literally don't care. They don't even look at it a second time. It's just, <laughs> How did they it's just back. Right. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, we're chill now. Yep. That, even though that's the van that almost killed Jonathan a few right. times a few weeks ago. Speaking of which, three Johns in this episode. A lot of overlapping John's scenes. Yeah, I'm just going to call him Irons Diggle. Uh, but yeah, so Lois, she takes Irons aside, talks to him, and she reveals that Superman is actually Clark. It's her husband. It's the father of her children. And that's why she trusts him. She kept saying that there's a big reason. You just have to trust her. But she is kind of at the end of the end of the line, so she has to reveal it. And... Iron says it doesn't change anything. He's he's shocked by it, but says that he still has to go kill Superman. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised 
Lois revealed so quickly. Uh, I guess she feels like this is this is it. This is the end. I, yeah. It's this or he dies. So I kind of get that. I guess it it worked in the end. Um, yeah. What'd you think about it? I don't know. It yeah. It didn't have like the effect that I was expecting. I thought he would change his mind then. I didn't think he would still be convinced to kill Superman, and then eventually, when actually meeting him in person, change his mind. I thought this would be a more effective strategy to use on him um, but he says that it doesn't change anything well i think that's actually fair because he was not you know he's wanted to kill him for a while <laughs> so <laughs> it took a little bit of convincing not just from lois but from jonathan and seeing clark um so i think that's fine uh, i am, i am surprised lois is so quickly to reveal it i guess we know john henry irons is really a good guy so it's not a big deal but i guess in universe it's a little surprising that she would tell it to this guy who really wants to kill him but maybe she sees, can see underneath it all that he's really a good guy. Yeah. At the same time, there's a lot of different trying to convince people. Diggle tries to convince Sam not to kill Superman. A lot of motivational talks this episode. Yeah. Uh, but we return to Superman and Zod has taken over and he has an extremely <laughs> deep voice to the, the point of being hard to understand. Yes. I needed subtitles to, to get that dialogue. Yeah. Uh, but thanks to Superman's little heroics, uh, a little bit earlier than that, Sam and Irons have found the desert fortress, so they know where to go to rescue and or kill Superman. So Jonathan Jonathan also tries to talk to Irons and explain everything that he saw from Irons' planet when he was in the RV about his family, his daughter, and he explains that there's always another way. And Irons, this does seem to chip away more at him and to convince him a little bit more, but he's still, on the surface at least, is saying that he wishes there was a different way, but he has to kill Superman. Yeah, probably an effective speech by Jonathan there to imagine Natalie trying to convince someone to save his life is probably, yeah. you know, some way he related to that. Um, but we go straight from this to Iron showing up at the, the fortress in his newly redesigned suit that looks pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, no, like I can't tell yeah. how much different it was. It's been so long since we've seen the original one that I don't remember the differences. Yeah, uh, but Zod attacks right away. And Iron says that Superman has for sure been turned because they weren't 100% sure that Zod had taken over completely. Well, they don't know that it's Zod, but um, he he knows for sure that he has to kill Superman now. Uh, but Lois tells Irons to make Superman remember who he is. And he kind of, Clark sort of breaks out of it for a little bit. And But when he does, he tells Irons to do it and tells him to kill him and to, to save everyone. And that is what convinces Irons to stop attacking is when Clark tells him to do it. Uh, but he, Irons stops attacking and explains how he met Clark's family and he motivates Clark to fight back. Um, I, I don't know how you felt about this. It was, it's nice to see somebody helping out Clark to, to fight this back. But at the same time, I've, that's always been kind of the strongest part of Clark is his, his hope and his resolve and his willpower being able to overcome anything so it's a little strange to see him having such a hard time with it and needing this random person who he doesn't really know to be the one to convince him yeah um yeah i get it i don't, I don't know i kind of like some of it i kind of mixed on it first off i think that would have been really smart reverse psychology by zod if he was pretending he was cal and saying to save them that's what that's what zod should have done but no i get what you mean and it's it, we'll see how it plays out in the rest of the season but yeah, it's this is kind of saying that Superman would be too weak to succumb and would succumb if he didn't have family, uh, like on the other Earth, didn't have irons here, you know, reminding him of that family and all that. So 
it's kind of clear, you know, it's kind of, I'm not sure how I feel about it. It plays up the emphasis of family, which I like, but it also makes it seem like, well, if you don't have family, you've got nothing to live for or something like that. So I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm a little muddied on the message here and I'm not sure how I feel about it and probably won't know until I see how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but Clark does do that. He, uh, sees all these flashes of his family and he passes out and comes to and Zod is gone question mark I we will probably have to come back to that at some point but for at least for now Clark is back in himself so he and Irons take off together to take down Edge and Edge hears them and his father tells him that it's time so he takes the eradicator and flies off and he hits it with his most powerful Heat vision. I don't know exactly what he's he's doing, but at the same time, Irons hits him with the rocket um, and takes him down. My first guess. Do you have any theories? I think maybe he was. My my two guesses were either he was releasing them it out in the wild that it could just attach to whoever was around, just like as a last ditch effort, or he was taking all of the consciousness into himself, and he is going to be some amalgam of a bunch of different Kryptonians in in one person. That's interesting. Yeah, those make sense. My first instinct was that he was trying to become Zod himself, mm-hmm. um, which I think is possible. Or maybe he's using the Eradicator to signal someone or something. Brainiac would would be a, a dream of mine, but I don't know that that would make sense for because Brainiac would probably just come and destroy Earth. So I don't know that that helps Tal or his dad. But maybe yeah, maybe he had connections to Brainiac somehow. Uh, I don't know. Mm. so i'm the, not clear i also had like the i got brainiac vibes from the end of the episode when his his eyes flashed they looked like a robotic color but that's i'm literally just basing that on the, the color of his eyes and so the first thing that jumped in my head was brainiac but i have no idea how that would work yeah and i guess clark's eyes did something similar it was a different color at the end of the last episode right but maybe that's because he was fighting it and this tal is accepting zod or whoever i don't know yeah Good point. Either way, he's done something and we're we're not done with him. He Edge tries to give a supervillain speech, but Clark just knocks him out. It was kind of nice to see. He's been he's been talking quite a bit with mad trash and so it's nice to see him uh not be able to do that anymore. Yeah. I, I'm curious how what his final plan is because he had this really long played the long game for forty years or whatever, and now he's yeah. just like, Well, that didn't work. Try this real quick. <laughs> uh so we'll see. But also his father told him that it's time. So this was something they're always planning on doing. They just needed to wait for it. Or maybe it was the, the backup plan that if everything else went wrong, mm. they didn't want to do this. But now they have to because everything else has gone wrong. Yeah, good point. And the family, the Kents getting together at the end was sweet. Yeah. Iron showing up. I'm a little mixed because I, I've, as a Steel fan, I don't love how they've done everything so far. But that mm. moment at the end, that moment at the farm was really cool. It seemed It just seemed like more of a moment once they've these people have all known each other a few years not necessary i don't know if it's quite earned with where they are so far yeah and that i think that kind of applies to a few different things with the bigger storylines uh in the show so far is that maybe they haven't quite earned it but it's still it does work i think yeah um but yeah iron's showing up explaining that edge is in state-of-the-art military prison and will never hurt anyone again i don't know how many times i've heard that on these kinds of shows (laughs) I don't think that works. That's a <laughs> that's a sure sign that he's about to hurt someone. Exactly. Um, oh, but Sam spe- also speaking of that, yeah. the the Lang Cushing family thing things seem to be going really well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so 
they had a lot of sweet moments. So I hope nothing terrible happens to them in the next few weeks. Other than Sophie coming back, that that is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Sam also comes to the farm and he's in civilian clothes. I don't remember if we've seen him in civilian clothes yet. It's a little strange not to see him in army fatigues, but mm, good point. It, that doesn't matter. Um, but they're still looking for Leslie Lars. So she she's out there somewhere. Kind of have forgotten about her for few episodes but she's she's out there she's not a series regular but she's looking to come back for the finale i'm sure she'll be she'll be showing up at some point yeah that's a good point what is she doing because she could have 12 backup plans for tau Mm -hmm. and we still don't know who the consciousness that is in her that took her over as well so we'll just have to wait and see right um but yeah edge is in that super secure prison that he could never ever 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 escape from um (laughs) and his eyes flash like we mentioned before and like I said, I, I got Brainiac vibes. I am basing that on absolutely nothing. Just the color looked like Brainiac to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, that might, that's probably wishful thinking. Uh, Does Brainiac have a consciousness? Does that even work? Can you do that? I don't know. <laughs> they can, well, I, I don't think he's taken over by Brainiac, but maybe he yeah. was communicating somehow or, or something. I, I, I don't know. I don't yeah, think it's Brainiac. Far I think we just want it to be. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that, that wraps up the episode. A lot, a lot of questions left over from this episode for me primarily what happened to zod where is he does Zod go back into the eradicator if cal is able to to fight him off or is he still there somewhere i don't know don't don't quite understand that science so yeah can't quite can't guess uh another point that we kind of glossed over that we didn't talk about is those red rockets he didn't irons didn't design those lex luther did and so he yeah, I think he said he worked with Lex. Okay, I noticed yeah. on the subtitles. So they did it together on his Earth. Yeah, so Lex is either not evil on that Earth, or maybe Iron's teamed up with a bad dude to take work, take down a, a badder dude. Or maybe he's just as evil, and yeah. Kryptonians just happen to be bad, so it worked out for him. That, that has been a, a storyline in quite a few Superman stories. So, Well, that, I think, is it for this episode. Um, so if you don't want to look at next episode... Now would be a good time to jump off, but next episode, Failsafe, it will be here next week. Uh, there's going to be two weeks off after that episode, and then two final episodes for the season on the 10th and 17th of August. Uh, there's a little promo out here. Not a whole lot to glean from it, but Clark, he does go to talk to Edge in prison, and he's worried that it felt too good to let go and to have power. Or again, we're getting into the territory that I'm not super excited about for like taking the Clark Superman character of him enjoying being evil and enjoying having quote unquote more power. Um, so I, again, it's like 15 seconds of this, so it's a little hard to, to make some snap judgments, but yeah, it's a strange, strange promo usually meant to be misleading or fantastical. Uh, so I don't have much to say about it. It is weird. It's kind of, kind of like, it was weird watching it after this episode. Cause it's like, didn't we just deal with all this? He won't, right. He won't turn. He won't be bad. And now we're going back to that. Um, but I have no idea what they're going to do with that or what Edge's plan is or, or where they go from here. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Mm-hmm.